It's good to see each and every one of you here this morning. And I want you to turn with me to Acts, the 24th chapter. Acts, the 24th chapter. And uh, while we're turning, uh, let me say it's good to see uh, everybody here today. Glad to have our visitors. And uh, Sister Juanita come all the way from California to be with us. And uh, uh, we're just so glad to see her this morning. Glad to see everybody. I'll not get into uh, uh, naming other names. I get in trouble. But it's so good to see you here today. And while you're turning, I didn't know that uh, this was the day that the Apostle Paul was supposedly martyred on. And wanted to talk about the Apostle Paul this morning. It's amazing how God begins to work things out. But while you're turning to Acts, the 25th chapter, uh, Wednesday night we met and uh, we talked and we talked about uh, searching for a pastor and most everybody expressed their concerns on uh, what they would like to have as a pastor and who you'd like to have and, and, uh, and what we expect from a pastor. And uh, the committee, the search committee, has uh, worked very hard. And, uh, and I'm sure if anybody thinks that they're laying down on the job, they would be glad to let you take their place uh, and step into that position. But we expressed our concerns uh, to each other, and we talked about that, what we would like to see uh, and have as a pastor. Now I want to ask you a question. Since we left Wednesday night, in that discussion, in that meeting, and don't, have, don't raise your hands, please don't, but just answer to yourself. Have you prayed to God? Have you prayed to God about that and asked for God's leadership? Now, we can't put all this responsibility on these men. Uh, and uh, it, it comes down to us as individuals and if we want something bad enough, we'll pray for it. And we ask God to help us. And so just I hope that you have, but if you haven't, I hope God convicts you. Uh, and, and you get down to business in praying for this committee. And we express our needs and our wants, but what does God want for our church? What's, God's, what's God got in store for our church? That his will will be done. Acts the 24 chapter. Acts the 24 chapter. The Apostle Paul, as we uh, talk about uh, him being uh, martyred for uh, the Christ and for his faith and the things that he done, uh, the Apostle Paul, we look at him and uh, he had a great testimony. I mean, a great testimony. And a lot of us think, well, and I just I always urge people when you're talking with somebody about uh, becoming a Christian or you're witnessing to somebody, uh, give them your own testimony. And that's what the Apostle Paul did. And they said, well, mine's not like the Apostle Paul. But yes, yours is very unique. Uh, and it's the way that God came to you and that God spoke to you. And then you become a child of God. And so we all have a testimony and we can give that testimony. And that's what the Apostle Paul done. Everywhere that he went, uh, he gave that testimony how God moved and worked in his heart. And he is being, uh, he's in court here. Uh, he's uh, in front of Felix. Uh, and, and I want to start in verse 24. And it says, And after certain days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla. Now you got to go back and study Drusilla uh, here. Her father is the one that killed James. 
her great uncle uh, killed John the Baptist and her great grandfather was the one that tried to take Christ's life. So this wasn't a woman that wanted to see Apostle Paul live. Uh, she didn't have nothing good for him. And it says, after certain days when Felix with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. So he's here uh, questioning Paul concerning his faith and his testimony in Christ. And in verse 25, and it says, And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled. The Spirit was working there. Paul once again was giving his testimony here of what God had done for him. And he begins to uh, question Felix here, and he begins to tremble and answer. And he says, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. And it goes on to say that he also hoped that money should have been given to him of Paul, that he might release him or let him go. Uh, things haven't changed much today, have they? Uh, when we see this, people sliding money under the table, uh, somebody that's been caught and they've, they've done things and they know they shouldn't have, put the money in the right place and you can be set free. Uh, and here he was, Paul was reasoning to him, and, and, and it says that it just, I think the spirit was moving so great that uh, Felix began to tremble because he knew that Paul was right and there was something different about this. And then we go on over when he has been changed from uh, court to court, and now he's before King Agrippa in that 26th chapter and verse 27. King Agrippa. Now he's talking to Agrippa here and pleading his case. And he said, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? He asked him this question. He says, I know that thou believest. And then it, Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. See, he was to that point. He was right there to that point. And Paul was reasoning with him just like he did with Felix. And here he was the prisoner, but he's talking to the king. And I want us to kind of go back in history this morning and kind of look at some people and some things that happened. You can go back into the, uh, to the book of Joshua if you'd like to turn back there. And I'd like to read in that 24th chapter. Uh, Joshua is reminding the people there about what God has done for them and how God has blessed them. It's come down to the point that, see, Moses had died and Joshua was put in charge. And then Joshua had led the people. Uh, because of Moses' disobedience, Moses didn't get to go into the promised land. And so Joshua was the one that was able to lead them in to the promised land. And Joshua was rehearsing all the things that God had done for the children of Israel and how he had blessed them. They had forgot about those things. And if we're not careful in our life, we forget about things. We're coming up on Independence Day next week and our independence as a nation. And we take that for granted so much. Uh, the people that have fought and died for this nation that we might have this freedom and, and we can come to church and to worship each other. And Joshua was saying, listen, God has been with us. God brought us out of the land of Egypt. God set us free here. He brought us out of bondage. And he says, God told you, do not 
Do not worship the idol gods of the people that live in that land. What happened? It wasn't long till they was worshiping those idol gods instead of the God that brought them into that country and the God that gave them that country. He says, you have eat from gardens and vines that you never planted. You're living in houses that you never built. You're enjoying the fruits of the land that you never planted. You never done these things, but I gave them to you because you are my people. And they had forgot about that. And so Joshua says, and I'll get to the verse right here, Joshua 15 and 20, or 24 and 15. Joshua the 24th chapter in verse 15. And he says, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods, he's talking about the little gods here with a little g, of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. There wasn't no question about it in Joshua's life. He knew what God had done for him. Him and Caleb was the two that, that had faith, and, and uh, they was ready to go in and take the promised land because they said, it's ours. He's given it to us. All we got to do is go in and take it. But there was others, that 10 others that had doubt in their mind and says, yes, but there's giants in this land. Yes, there was giants, but they wasn't bigger than the God that Joshua and Caleb was serving. His God was able to deliver them and to take them in and, and to, into that land. Then you come over to 1 Kings. You turn to 1 Kings, uh, and we'll just hit a couple of scriptures here in 1 Kings. Elijah here uh, he had went before uh, King Ahab, and, and they was also like the children of Israel back there earlier. Uh, they was uh, uh, arguing between two things here. They didn't know which way to go here. They were settling into the things of the world. And in that uh, uh, 18th chapter here, or yes, the first Kings 18th chapter, in verse uh, 21, we go down to verse 21, and, and they were... Uh, halted between two opinions here. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered not a word. In verse 22, Then said Elijah unto the people, I even I only remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Here he is. He's saying, I'm the only one standing before you that's serving God. I'm the only one here that's standing for God and what God's done. Baal has got 450 prophets here. So the odds was against him here, 450 to 1 in these men. And he says, if you're God, if Baal be a God, he said, uh, let him send fire down from heaven and let him uh, uh, burn up this offering and things. And he said, if not, then I will pray to my God. We know how the story goes. These 450 men, they built that altar. They put the sacrifice on it and, and they begin to pray to Baal. 
and Baal did not answer them. It got to the point that they cut themselves and blood was gushing out there on the altar. Uh, and they went all day long trying to pray down fire from heaven from a God that does not hear, a God that cannot see, a God that has no feelings. It was just an idol that they was worshiping. And Baal, or then uh, Elijah, uh, he rebuilt that altar. He rebuilt it. He put it back together. And he believed in God so much, and he was so close to God, and he knew what his God could do. It says he built that altar. Then he put four barrels. He had them to bring four barrels of water and pour in around it, fill the trench full. He said, that's not enough. Bring four more barrels. And they brought four more barrels. They ended up putting 12 barrels of water around that altar and around that sacrifice, and Elijah just played, prayed a simple prayer to his God. Do you think that he doubted and he hoped that God was going to send fire down? No, I believe that he believed from the bottom of his heart that when he prayed that prayer, that God was going to hear that prayer and answer that prayer. He was trying to get these people to realize, listen, you're serving an idol God. A God that cannot see, a God that cannot feel, a God that cannot hear. And he said, we need to get down to business here and serve the God that brought us into this land, the God that gave us this land, the God that saved us, the God that brought us out of bondage, and the God that can hear. He prayed that simple prayer, having faith and believing. And it says, the fire of God came down from heaven, I mean, it licked that sacrifice up, the water out of the trenches, uh, the rocks, even the 12 rocks that Elijah uh, built that altar out of. It consumed them. He had faith, and he believed in God. The apostle Paul, when he met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, where was he headed? He, wasn't headed, he was headed to the synagogue, but it was not to go worship the God. He was headed to persecute Christians. He, he, he hated the Christians. And he went about everywhere that he could persecuting the Christians. But first of all, before he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, uh, in Acts there, they were stoning a young man. He was one of the first deacons. And boy, he was full of the Holy Ghost. And he began to preach to the council and boy, they did not like it because it cut to their hearts. He was trying to get the religious, religious leaders of that day to realize that they were serving a false god. They wasn't serving the God, the true God uh, of Abraham and of Isaac uh, and, and the forefathers. And he was trying to get that across to them. And we see here uh, as that Paul began to witness and Stephen here, or before Paul began his witness, Stephen was preaching. And as they began to stone Stephen, they began to lay their coats at a young man's feet. You go back and read that. Who's, who was that? That was Saul. He was Saul then, uh, later became the Apostle Paul. I don't believe that he ever forgot that as long as he lived. doesn't mention it anywhere else, but it talks about them laying their coats at his feet. They were stoning the first deacon that was full of the Holy Spirit there. Boy, he was full of the Holy Spirit. Paul began then, uh, not long after that, till he met the Lord on the road to Damascus. 
And the Holy Spirit began to move on Paul. And Paul began to preach and began to teach and preach to the Gentiles. And Paul began to grow in the Lord. And, and Paul was a witness that was effective. Wherever Paul went, uh, uh, they knew that he was a Christian. They knew that he was different because he preached the gospel unto them. And he was uh, uh, firm in it. He believed it. Uh, and he was urging with Felix and Agrippa here, I know you believe. And he began to uh, witness to, uh, to uh, uh, Felix here. And see, they had Paul on trial here, but actually... Felix and Agrippa was the two men that was on trial here uh, at this time because Paul began to put them on the witness stand and began to question them. See, he had so much faith. Probably anybody else that had done what Paul done, their head would have been cut off. But the Holy Spirit was moving and working. And as Paul began to testify and to reason with Felix, and Felix began to tremble. Felix was the king there, and he was the, uh, uh, over that uh, territory. And, and he could have had Paul put to death. But Paul, so grounded in his faith and his love for his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, began to witness to uh, Felix. Then we come on over to Agrippa, and he begins to the same thing, to witness and to testify to Agrippa. And it said, almost thou persuadest me. And I don't know how many times I've been in services, and the almost, almost thou persuadest me has been saying as an invitation but when you end that, it's almost but lost. Almost but lost. I know that there's been preachers, uh, countless numbers of preachers that have preached here. Uh, I've preached a lot of messages. I've preached messages when I felt like that the Holy Spirit was so strong and moving so strong that somebody really needed to move. Somebody was almost to the point of accepting the Lord into their life. They was almost to that point of turning loose, but they turn around and walk out that door lost. And, and, and people urge, and, and the Holy Spirit moves, and the Holy Spirit works. And so today, as I look at Paul, when he witnessed to Felix, and as he witnessed to Agrippa, uh, how the Holy Spirit was moving. And these was, I mean, uh, great rulers in, in that time. And the Holy Spirit was working. And it, as they was almost persuaded, Felix said, come back at a more convenient time. How many of you? How many of us, uh, if you're here today or when you were lost and you was wrestling with that and the Lord was dealing with you and the old devil would say, wait till next week, be a better time. Wait till next week. Wait till Wednesday night when there's not as many people here. Uh, well, what are they going to think about you? And the old devil begins to uh, put all those excuses out there, and you're listening to him, and the Holy Spirit's dealing with you. And, 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 and the preacher's up there saying, he's like Joshua, uh, choose you this day whom you'll serve. Who are you going to serve? You're going to serve the devil or are you going to serve the Lord? And none of us say that we serve the devil. Well, if you're not serving the Lord and you're not a child of his, you are serving the devil. 
because you're following him and, and the world. And, and there's so many things in the world. We look back at the things of the world that they was talking about and they was dealing with. We look at the things of the world today that are pulling people away from the church. Now, I think of, uh, I'm going to use Brother Bob Gillespie. Uh, last Sunday morning was sitting in our service here. And if anybody was going to die in the next few weeks, it would have been me instead of him because, I mean, I'm not in the physical shape that he was in. Good physical shape, a strong man, 74 years old, two years older than me, uh, but uh, such a much more of a man. Uh, and I would have thought that he was in perfect health. Bob had a testimony. Uh, I didn't get to know him that much, but from what I've heard, uh, Bob Gillespie had a testimony that wherever he was at, he let you know about his Christian faith. And he let you know that he was a child of God. He believed in prayer. He believed in attending church. He believed in his family. And he believed in the one true God. Left your Sunday, what we thought was perfect health. Tuesday morning, went out and collapsed in his yard. They could never revive him again. Bob went on to be with the Lord because he had that testimony. And I believe that, that he's in the presence of God right now. Uh, he was a child of God. But there are others, I believe, that maybe were sitting in our service last Sunday or today that's not fully persuaded. You haven't given in to the Lord. You haven't turned your life over to Him. Oh, you have good intentions, and you had good intentions, but life is so uncertain. But because I would have thought, we've got a lot of men that's older. We've got people that's in worse health. But God chose Bob Gillespie to go home suppose that had have been you and God had called you and you can't say I'm not ready give me another week give me another month I'll get ready Lord I'm just not ready when he calls he calls and that's it now I'm not the apostle Paul I'm not the preacher that apostle Paul was I'm not the evangelist that the Apostle Paul was. But Paul stood before Felix and Agrippa, and he reasoned with them, and he pleaded with them. Felix said, come back at a more convenient time. The Scripture does not tell us that Felix ever got that, ever got that convenient time. See, he had good intention because he believed that Paul knew what he was talking about. And I think that he believed that he could put his faith and trust in God and, and, and trust him and be saved. But he says, come back at a more convenient time. He put it off. And as far as we know, he died and went straight to hell. Agrippa almost Almost, Paul, you persuaded me. See, there was something in their life that was holding them back from just turning loose, just humbling themselves. 
All you got to do is say, I'm a sinner. Yes, Lord, I realize. See, you got to get lost first. You got to realize that you're lost. Now, you can sit here and you can look around at so-and-so over and say, I'm better than they are. And you may be. But you cannot hide behind them in hell. That won't keep you from going to hell. When the Holy Spirit is moving and working. And you'll say, you'll look around. There's something that's keeping you from doing it. And I don't know what it is. It's different things to different people. Most time it's just pride. Swallowing that pride and saying, I'm a sinner. But always remember, you've got to realize you've got to get lost before you can get saved. Because if you think you're good enough that you can make it, you're trying to make it without Christ. And he died on the cross in vain. I don't want you to leave here this morning almost, almost persuaded or trembling. Because you don't want to die and go to hell but you just can't humble yourself. I look at Brother Bob, I go back to him and all the accomplishments that he made. He grew up not having a lot of the things that, that we have in life. Never knew who his father was. But the accomplishments that he had that drive in him that he wanted to be something. And you read the obituary and in the paper, of all the accomplishments that Bob Gillespie made in his life. But none of them, as Brother Charles said yesterday in the funeral, none of them compare to what he accomplished Tuesday. When he left this earth, when he took that last breath and life went out, he was in the presence of God. Now, Bob could have said a many a time, almost, or I intend to, or one of these days I'm going to do it. He never waited. He didn't. You know, I don't think he'd done it the first time uh, that the Holy Spirit dealt with him, but there was a time in Bob Gillespie's life that he accepted the Lord into his life. I'm not telling you that he lived a perfect life from that point on. He made some mistakes, but he was obtaining, he was reaching for that goal of meeting his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he lived by faith. And that's what we've got to do. He was here last Sunday. He's not here with us today. It was taken out so sudden Tuesday morning. We have no promise of tomorrow. We have no promise that we'll get out the door there today. And you say, well, you're trying to scare me. Well, I'm just telling you the truth. <laughs> That's all I'm doing is telling you the truth, the Word of God right here. Felix and Agrippa, I believe that Agrippa is still saying, almost, I wish it hadn't been, I wish I had to listen. I think he's screaming to the top of his voice in hell today that he should have listened to Paul. See, Felix was hoping he'd give him some money under the table. Uh, and He trembled at the thoughts of the things that Paul said. He's still trembling in hell today. The rich man, Lazarus the beggar, begging food from his table. I mean, he was covered in sores and was begging for crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. The rich man had all the conveniences of this world. 
anything that he desired. But it says that he died and was buried and went to hell. And he's still begging for somebody to come and just dip their finger in water just to dip it and to touch his thumb because he's still in torment today. Paul humbled himself. Oh, he was a mean man. Paul was a wicked man. You go ahead and read the rest of that, of all the people that he had put to death because they served a God. They served the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They were Christians. But then Paul went through a lot of suffering and a lot of heartaches in this life. But he was reaching for that goal, his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, Felix, I know, I know, Agrippa, I know you believe. Don't walk out today like they did, almost, but lost. Trembling, but lost. What have you gained if you gained the whole world? and lose your soul. See, Brother Bob, his body, the temple that he lived in is in that mausoleum over there in uh, Crestlawn Cemetery. It's there. It'll decay. But that soul and that spirit immediately went to God. And one day they will reunite. See, I urge you this morning, why halt you between two opinions? Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Are you going to serve God and live for Him? Or are you going to say this morning, almost, preacher, you convinced me. I can do everything that I can do, but God gives you that ability to make that choice. He didn't create us as robots, and we do exactly what He says. He gives us that ability to make that decision. And we choose. As Joshua said, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. God's been good to me. He's been patient with me. I could not stand here and preach. There's no way. And each time that I walk out the door, I don't know how I stood here and preached the message that I did. I came on my own. It's God. He told me that he'd never let me down and he'd never fail me. I ran from a long time, ran and ran and ran. And when I finally give in, that's when God took over and began to work. Stop running this morning. Jonah said, everywhere I go, I get down in the pits of the bottom of the ocean. Uh, and he was surrounded by the, uh, the bones and the ribs of that great fish. And he called it the bars of hell. But he happened to remember back when he served the Lord there in Jerusalem. Couldn't get away from God. He's here this morning. He's passing by. Don't be almost persuaded. When you step out and make that decision, you'll say, why in the world did I wait so long? It's up to you this morning. Will you stand? Ask Brother Tanner to come and get us a song.
a hymn of invitation. Do not, do not leave here this morning without being fully persuaded. Let the Lord come into your life and let him be Lord of your life.